It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> Good afternoon. Welcome, everybody. The great P-Man here with you. It is the uh, hump day edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. All downhill from here as we uh, get to the uh, weekend and start to put it in hyper gear after the program today. It's nice to have you with us. We got uh, uh, a great guest today. We'll tell you about that in a second. First, we say hello to uh, the uh, voice of the Tarboro River Bandits. Uh, Dom Kosolke uh, will be on the... Uh, uh, update desk today and also producing the show also uh behind the scenes producing the inimitable clark willis who's been hard at work slaving over a hot editing bay all uh, afternoon so uh hello to those guys we'll hear from them because we're going to do a little hold my beer today or in dom's case hold my juice box slash soda slash milk you serious hold the side. i am and we've got uh, a great guest coming up for you today. Uh, we'll be joined in a little bit by Steve and Igo of Hoist the Colors, 247 Sports, and the Steve and Igo Show, which will return in August, August 14th to be exact, here on 94.3 The Game. I'm sure we'll hear more from uh, Steven coming up uh, in the uh, ensuing weeks leading up to his uh, program here and on Talk of the Town and uh, – we're going to have a media day program, I'm sure. That'll probably be around mid-August, too. So I'm, I'm hoping Stephen will be involved in that. I know he's got other obligations that day with uh, his website, but it uh, would be good to have him uh, on that day. That was a great show last year. Uh, we had uh, Coach Houston for an extended interview, talked to different players, a couple assistant coaches. That is, unfortunately, uh, the couple days. Actually, it was that night I started to feel bad, and I had COVID all that next week. I uh, don't think I got it at the uh, event. But because uh, I started to feel bad that night, I'd worried I'd made everyone else sick. But uh, everybody uh, was okay by all accounts. But uh, that was a year ago. And uh, a lot has happened uh, for the station and the company in this time, including uh, the brand-new IBX Media app. You can download that uh, at, app, at the uh, App Store or Google Play. And you can take uh, our stations for IBX Media with you. It's the IBX Media app. Just search IBX Media commercial-free. There's no pre-roll commercials or commercials that interrupt the feed or anything like that at any point. Uh, we've got video, we've got uh, audio, got live streaming of video and audio. We've also got archival programs, all of the podcast and video podcasts of uh, many of our fantastic shows, including this one right here. All right, uh, so we're going to talk with Steve and I go coming up about ECU uh, Media Day, pirate football in general, and pirate athletics in general. A lot to get to uh, here in the uh Next segment of the show. First segment, I wanted to start with some things going on today with NIL. It's kind of gotten interesting in some respects. Uh, two days of NIL meetings concluding today in Indianapolis at uh, NCAA headquarters. And it comes without any kind of announcement of a new policy to govern the NIL space, as it's being put uh, now by uh, these uh, brilliant writers. Linda Teeler who is the chair of the NCAA Division I Council, telling our friends at ON3 that in an, email, uh, in an email telling them they will not be able to release a new policy today, nor an official summary of the meetings. Now, those meetings included uh, industry leaders 
as well as an undisclosed number of student athletes. Uh, meetings featured a five-hour working session today, according to different reports out there. Uh, and uh, this week's policy served as kind of the next step in what is a really slow and uh, describe could be described maybe as an incremental. I decided to describe it as slow process towards drafting new policy. The announcement of the new proposal was not expected to be made this week. Uh, NIL working group has been tasked with drafting an updated proposal, essentially a plan B in case the NCAA's pursuit of a long sought federal reform bill falls short. My prediction and my understanding is it is going to. The NCAA Division I Council received an update on the subcommittee's work during meetings attended by President Charlie Baker. Uh, and uh, he will be holding those meetings tomorrow and Friday in Indianapolis. The purpose of this week's meeting, though, is to solicit feedback from a broader audi uh, audience of industry experts. Uh, drafting an, uh, uh, Just reading from the article here, drafting an updated NIL policy does not reflect an NCAA strategy pivot. Rather, the association will operate on two parallel tracks pursuing a new policy as it continues to aggressively lobby federal lawmakers for legislation. The last thing I, I think you need involved in uh, anything with athletics, be it on the state level, uh, be it on the uh, national level with the NCAA, is have government involved. Now, are there some things that could be improved say both in the NCAA and closer to home, the North Carolina High School Athletic Association? Absolutely. And and maybe the threat of government intervention in some form will will bring about those changes, but it sounds like the NCAA is, is a, uh, wanting that to be the case. It was interesting because uh, at ACC Media Days, which has turned into uh, four days of just absolute fun in Charlotte, the... Uh, Pitt Panthers head coach Pat Narduzzi took the stage today. Uh, and uh, Narduzzi's a guy who's fairly honest, fairly outspoken, does like to speak his mind. Uh, and when it comes to all of this with uh, college athletics the last couple of years, Nar uh, Narduzzi was asked what kind of changes he would like to see with name, image, and likeness rules. And he said he would like to see uh, relegation of the lucrative NIL market. He said he'd like to see something resembling a salary cap that exists in certain professional sports like the NFL. He said he'd like to kind of have a lid put on it. I think uh, this is a quote. I think the most important thing, there's got to be a limit on it. I think everybody wants to play under the same rules. And in the National Football League, they have a salary cap. I think you'd want to have some type of salary cap where this is what you're allowed to spend. Some schools have that automatically. Some leagues have that automatically because they can't afford but so much. So that's the deal there. Really interesting, though, that uh, you're starting to hear that kind of cry. Mac Brown at the Dooley kickoff last Friday talked about making sure there's an even playing field. You're going to have the same the highest spending 12 teams get into the playoff every year. Uh, Jim Phillips, who's an interesting character, the commissioner of the ACC, yesterday uh, spoke on the NIL. He also had some other comments that we uh, pulled for you today, but 
uh, the NIL and the battle cry of the Atlantic Coast Conference, who, by the way, is the third conference as far as revenue goes. Now, yeah, they're way behind the SEC and the Big Ten, but they are third. 30-some million a year per institution, and there's just a lot of belly aching coming out of Charlotte. Uh, Jim Phillips says the NIL can be detrimental to athletics. Play that cut. The recent unprecedented transfers of student-athletes are tainted by inducements disguised as NIL money. Too many student-athletes enter the transfer portal based on rumor or bad advice, only to find they have no place to go. It's the ultimate game of musical chairs. This is detrimental to their education and future must stop. We can assist student-athletes by providing as much transparency as possible regarding NIL. So again, the ACC feels like they are at a competitive disadvantage because their money is not uh, the level of the Big Ten and the SEC, and uh, their NIL is not at the level of the uh, Big Ten or SEC. So you've got the conferences, the coaches, and the conferences calling for the NCAA to do something, and you have the NCAA holding uh, Kabuki Theater, essentially, with these meetings, although they're done behind closed doors. And nothing is out of them as far as uh, any kind of, uh, you know, look that this was constructed. Because the NCAA is all attorneys. That's all that works there in Indianapolis. Everybody that works on staff is an attorney. And so they don't do anything without what would the legal ramifications be? What is the spin? What is the PR with all of this? So you've got the NCAA, a bunch of attorneys, hoping the, the feds will bail them out with legislation. Um, Jim Phillips also talked about the situation at Northwestern. They've made a coaching change there because of hazing, uh, severe hazing allegations within that program. And uh, that coaching change has been sudden. They've got an interim in place now. So Dom, cue up cut four, and let's go with uh, that where Jim Phillips addresses the situation at Northwestern. And the reason he's addressing it because he was the AD at the time of uh, that uh, goings on. Before I close, and unrelated to the ACC, I do want to briefly address the ongoing matter at Northwestern, as I'm sure some of you have questions. As you are aware, I released a statement last week. This is a very difficult time for the Northwestern community, and my heart goes out to any person carries the burden of mistreatment or who has been harmed in any way. During my 30-year career in college athletics, my highest priority has always been the health and safety of all student-athletes. As you know, with this matter of litigation, I'm unable to share anything more at this time. All right, so... Much uh, said there, a lot of words, not a whole lot uh, that he could say at this time because there is uh, ongoing litigation. All right, so uh, thought that was all interesting, kind of tied in together uh, what the NCAA has been up to as far as NIL, what coaches are saying as far as NIL, and uh, what uh, the commissioner of the ACC, who's got uh, some of his own side controversies going, 
uh, said about uh, name, image, and likeness. Uh, we'll get Steve and I go on this uh, and other things, all ECU in just a little bit, talk about Media Day yesterday. Uh, the continued thing that uh, still is kind of the talk is the uh, storm off uh, by uh, Coach Biff, the Charlotte coach. Uh, coming up later in the week, Bobby Rosensky is going to be back with us, our friend with ESPN Radio out there in uh, Charlotte and does some 49er commentary. He's been covering ACC Media Days. He's been covering the Panthers uh, as they're in camp at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, Doug Martin's going to be back with us this year as uh, kind of a Friday football analyst. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk to him on Friday also about uh, his experience as the offensive coordinator with the New Orleans team in the USFL this past year and uh, just some things with football and uh, maybe uh, get sort of uh, his updated take on the NIL. Brett Friedlander and Brian Mull tomorrow. Uh, so uh, a stacked lineup and uh, a huge guest today here. Steven Igo will be in the house. We'll uh, catch up with him here in just a moment. But before we go to break, remind you, this is the eve of our concert on the Common. Hydrate up if you're going to go tomorrow. They got food trucks. They got beer trucks. Uh, and it is the Legacy Motown Review. This has twice been rained out, but uh, will be uh, taking place tomorrow at 6 o'clock at the Greenville Town Common in the Greenville Toyota Amphitheater. Uh, Showtime of 6. Uh, the beer starts uh, flowing and the food starts uh, getting served about 5.30. Food trucks, the adult beverages, as we mentioned, vendors and more. Pets are welcome. Might want to leave them at home, though, because it's going to be pretty warm, pretty hot, actually. Uh, no coolers, no glass containers. It is our concert on the Common coming your way tomorrow. A break, and when we return, uh, Steve and I go as we talk uh, AAC Media Day and the ECU Pirates. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. You know, I didn't realize that uh, Stephen Igo had the abs he had. And uh, when we do our promotional artwork for uh, the show uh, that we put on social media and all that, uh, sometimes even I'm surprised. Uh, usually, uh, we you know, we take photos and blend it in. But I'm told today Igo decided, hey, I'll come in. I'll do a uh, photo spread for you guys, and I'll, I'll just open up the shirt. Won't go shirtless. Want to keep it classy. But I'll just open up the shirt a little bit. So I appreciate that. Uh, let's uh, check in with Steve and I go now from Hoist the Colors at 247 Sports. He is wearing a shirt. Sorry, ladies. Uh, the great Steve and I go is uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Hey, buddy. Well, thanks uh, for having me, Patrick. I, I can guarantee you that uh, I definitely have more of the dad bod going these days, especially with uh, two kids <laughs> under two. Don't, don't have too, many, uh, too much time for crunches anymore. Uh, maybe yeah, uh, back right. in... In uh, my college days, I looked uh, not anything like that, but at least closer to it than I do now. But, uh, hey, I appreciate the uh, the kind Photoshop. I think uh, you were doing a lot of 12-ounce curls, potentially, and as, as an undergrad. That's just uh, – but I was, too. So, I mean, I can't Absolutely. blame you on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good to see you, Igo. Uh, we uh, – Stephen and I did the uh, – uh, play fly kickoff event show, uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, almost two weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and, uh, 13th, I believe. Yeah. Back on the third. So yeah, about, uh, two weeks ago, It'll be two weeks ago, uh, tomorrow. So, uh, that was a good time. We had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Got a lot of great reviews from it. A lot of folks, uh, listened. They were pining for live content. They were pining for Steve and I go. 
And uh, now they've got him here with us for a segment or two on the Patrick Johnson show. I just might turn it over to him because uh, the alarm came early this morning. Yes. I, uh, I, 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 I'm I fully enjoying my my two-month break uh, between hosting shows. Uh, we're, we're, we return August 14th, Hoist the Colors. And um, as much as I would love to, to take over as host, Patrick, I'm going to leave that to you. I'll, I'll, I'll do the analyst role. I'll take the Ken role. You can be Barbie today and, and be the lead. <laughs> uh, and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just chill in the background. I needed some pink today. I went with a different floral yeah. instead of pink today. So let me uh, let me ask you this, Stephen. Uh, Media Day was yesterday. It had a distinctly different flavor. I actually thought it was a really well-done event uh, that the AAC put on. And uh, they have been really good about getting ESPN involved. And my uh, friend Rini Angolia with, that does you know commentary on ESPN as an analyst involved. Uh, so that really gives it a big time feel, and I and I think that is one thing that uh, I could credit the American for doing. I'm going to be surprised. I'm going to be honest with you. I was actually surprised the media contingent was as good as it was yesterday. I I, I thought it was going to be. I mean, it wasn't packed by any stretch. Plenty of seats were available, but it was not as sparse as I thought at times it, it might would be. And it seemed like that there was media there participating uh, in it. So that's a good thing uh, as well. Uh, but what were your takeaways uh, just overall from the event and uh, anything that stood out with a, a team player or just a general theme? Yeah, I mean, you, you, first of all, you do have to credit the American because I feel like they, they do a tremendous job trying to push the narrative of being a power conference. And honestly, you could compare the Americans media day to the Sun Belt and other leagues out there, and it's going to blow it away from a presentation standpoint. Mike Oresco has a television executive background, so he knows how to execute that phase of things. And, you know, I, I do wish it was it was closer. They did it up in Rhode Island for a number of years, and, and ECU media was able to attend somewhat, but still not really regional. But this is what you get when you have a really national conference. So, I don't think we had a single local media person there, to my knowledge, uh, across the, the spectrum, just because it, financially it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to fly across the country to interview you know, a coach and players we're going to interview next week when camp opens. So, uh, but, but I enjoyed right. watching on TV. I, I thought, for me, that I enjoyed Trent Dilfer because he's got a media background, and he basically said, look, I know I'm going to face criticism as a first-time head coach as a non-traditional path to be becoming a head coach as now the, the leader of UAB's football team. And of course, uh, Biff Pogge had the, uh, the interesting uh, walk off the podium. And then I saw today, I didn't even realize it. The South Florida coach also made a similar statement. Alex Golas, he's in his first year as the head coach okay. uh, in Tampa. And he basically said, look, only two questions today. Hopefully next year we'll get a little more uh, media attention. But I think even Tulane, which is the reigning conference champion, Willie Fritz only got two two questions. So at some point you just got to understand it is what it is. Mike Houston only got three questions. Like there's just not a whole lot of media outside of Texas and local media that's going to be there. So uh, the coaches got to understand that. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think again, some of that is playing up the the card there. We'll get Dom to pull uh, the South Florida stuff maybe, uh, or try to get that and maybe have that uh, tomorrow or Friday. I do want to play the Biff Pogi uh, walk-off because it's just so precious. Uh, by the way, I said it uh, yesterday on this show. I said it this morning on Talk of the Town. I'll say it to you, I go. Pogi is the guy who has the million-dollar house in the small southern town, and when he's asked, what do you do for a living, he says sales. That's what he looks like. 
That's what he looks like to me. And and I'll say this also about Biff. His suit was either very inexpensive or very expensive. There's no in-between on that. That suit either cost a lot or cost very little that he was wearing. From what I've heard, he is absolutely loaded. Uh, he he, he legitimately has a – he's got a financial background, and I, I think he's put some of his own money in, into the NIL deal or some of the facilities yeah. in Charlotte. So, like, that that maybe honestly is the reason he got the job there. But he he has a lot of uh, – he's got a lot of cash. All right, here we go. Biff Pogi, who could buy me and sell me repeatedly. That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that that we get that message. Thank you. He's out. <laughs> I don't blame him for 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 uh, for playing it up, man. And honestly, I kind of enjoy the fact he doesn't care. Like, hey, I'm I'm Biff Pogey. Yeah. I'm gonna embrace being picked last. I'm gonna embrace being Biff, uh, and just seems to kind of uh, not care what anybody thinks. I I, I enjoy it. It created. Probably one of the most talked about moments out of that yesterday. Oh, for sure. And if you're Charlotte, and I'm sure he understands it too, to a degree, but if you're Charlotte football, you got no history. Realistically, you have no fans that, you know, from obviously they got fans, but no real fan base. Uh, They're essentially rebooting their roster. I think they've got like 50 something new players. They went two, three wins last year. They're joining a new league. They might be, and they probably will be better than some people expect. But if you know, if you're a media member, why would you pick them anything but last or next to last? Like, you have to do an honest job. Like, I picked ECU fifth. I cover ECU. I'm not going to pick them to win this conference championship just because I cover ECU. You got to do a fair job, and picking them towards the bottom is the right call until they prove otherwise. It's just the way it should be. So, uh, Stephen, I goes with us today here on the Patrick Johnson Show. The um... The preseason poll came out, Charlotte picked last, uh, South Florida 13th, 14 teams. Wow, that's that's crazy to see. Uh, Tulane picked first, Texas San Antonio behind them. Tulane was the overwhelming favorite to finish first. Then you had SMU. Uh, Memphis, who I'm not 100% sold on, I think there's still – I mean, that's, that's basically Hennigan is why they're picked so high, and I think he's fantastic, but uh, I, I think there's a lot of questions in Memphis, and there's a lot of – questions of their coach and then uh florida atlantic east carolina north texas uh, so that's kind of the upper part you got uab in there as well i think those are the the eight teams that will occupy in some way shape or form those spots uh when it when it all when the wash is done in november uh may not be that exact order but i think a lot of those teams we just named will be in that top eight do you agree i i do i mean i, I think there's like I, kind of looking at Rice, I picked them towards the bottom, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rice ends up having a better year than some people expect because they quietly have a lot of experience returning. Their coach has been there a while. They're just another program that has not taken that step yet, but I think the rest are fair. You've got a lot of first-time head coaches towards the bottom. Uh, FAU is the the big kind of mystery to me because, like, I, I, you know, traditionally you're in Florida, you're going to get talent. Tom Herman, we know, can win in the American. He did it at Houston. And I was watching his press conference. He is very confident, or at least seemingly selling, that he's very confident in what they have and what they have returning. Uh, you know, a lot of people question, hey, why are they picked ahead of ECU? They've got, I think, 17, 18 returning starters. Um, ECU's got to go on the road to FAU. they got to go on the road to UTSA. So, like, I feel like ECU, from a schedule perspective, 
you look at the teams picked towards the top, the only one they don't play is Memphis, whereas you look at SMU, I think they miss UTSA and one of those other top teams. So, like, the unbalanced right. schedule is a is a problem for me, Patrick, because, like, 14 teams is a lot. So you're going to have a lot of unbalanced schedules from year to year. ECU, I think, kind of draws the – you know, unfavorable schedule this year, having to go to UTSA, having to play Tulane, having to play SMU, having to play FAU. So they're going to have to earn it if they want to contend towards the top of this league, at least on paper. We've got uh, Stephen Igo with us here. Pirate sixth, is that, I mean, middle of the pack, is that fair in your mind? You, I know you said you picked them fifth. Yeah, I, th- I think middle of the pack is fair because, like, I think you look at those, you mentioned Seth Hennigan with Memphis. Like, for me, I think I had SMU third ahead of Memphis, but the the only reason was because SMU's easier schedule. I, I like right. teams with returning quarterbacks because you know what you're getting. So obviously Michael Pratt at Tulane, Frank Harris, who is in his seventh year at Texas San Antonio. Um, I picked those two teams at the top. I actually picked UTSA to win the league. I just you know I think Tulane's going to have a big target on their back this year, and it's going to be tough to repeat. But um, I think ECU kind of. Little bit below those teams to start with is fair. Now the we all know the story. If ECU gets a good quarterback play, I think this roster is as good as as Mike Houston has had. And if that ends up transpiring by conference play, this is a team that I, I truly believe can compete for a conference championship. But until we see it on the field, uh, it's an unknown, and it's something that I've watched scrimmages closely. I think the talent is there, but I have not seen the consistency yet from the quarterback position to where I feel comfortable picking ECU at the very top of this league. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's fair. Although when we interviewed Mason Garcia two weeks ago, I thought he carried himself well and he looks uh he looks uh fit. He's he's slimmed down a little bit. Yeah, y'all should have put him as the uh the kin for the uh for the profile <laughs> graphic. Um because he honestly, yeah, he looks I mean he's always been jacked, but he looks like not more cut now. I mean, he looks the part. And, yeah, I mean, physically he has always had all the tools. It's just he, he's got to go out there and get experience. You know, I, I remember watching Holton early in his tenure under Mike Houston. And, honestly, early Holton Aylers, what I saw from scrimmages, he was very up and down. Obviously that turned, that went into games. You know, Mason has been the, the same way from what I've seen at times. So, like, I feel like they're kind of in a similar similar point. And then when Holton got that experience, he grew from it. And Mason's just got to go get that experience. You know, it's a shame he's got to he's got to get it at Michigan against Marshall and, and right. at. But I mean, at least you'll 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 know what you have pretty early. Where who who did you pick last? I think I had. I'll have to go back and look, but I do think I had Charlotte last. And if Poggi's not going to like that. USF. Yeah, Poggi, uh, he's probably yep. listening right That's now. That's it, Poggi. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, gotcha. Charlotte, but uh, I'm afraid. Yeah, it, it it is what it is. Do you think somebody? How, how soon? Do, well, somebody. Yeah, you can't have everybody. That's the thing when they, they talk about all these super conferences. They're going to have twenty teams. We're going to add and get up to six. I mean, they all realize. I hope if you're going to the SEC, you're going to the Big Ten. Somebody's got to lose games. Somebody's going to finish last. Not everybody, it's not going to be eight and eight or like in the NFL, uh, the uh, NFC East. I mean, it's going to be you're, you're going to be you're going to have a, a a lot of coaches get fired when when all of this ends up with these mega conferences. Somebody's got to lose games. 
That's the thing is, man, like Texas and Oklahoma, especially Texas, has struggled in the Big 12. And now they're going to go to the SEC and clearly they're going to get more resources and they're going to get, you know, more. They're not going to win games, though. Yeah. You got to you got to go on the road and beat LSU and Alabama and Auburn. Like, I I just don't see that happening. So uh, it's great from a financial perspective. And maybe it'll turn into NFL 2.0, whatever. But at at the same time, you're right. Like. Somebody's going to be down there at the bottom, and it's not just going to be Vanderbilt. Somebody is going to join the Commodores. <laughs> like you look at Missouri, they've they've had their random years, but Missouri went from the Big Twelve to the SEC. I'm sure it's cool being in the SEC, but what fun is it really? Just kind of like your your greatest achievement is going seven and five. Um, it's just you know it's got to be it's got to be difficult. And you really don't have any rivalry stuff to draw on either i mean it's a big deal i guess whenever alabama or lsu or georgia come to town but you don't have i mean what do you have to to draw on in anything and i mean that's that's a lot of right now i think pirates are having to face that a little bit because the scheduling thing and the non-conference which let's face it ecu has hung its hat on on kind of a signature non-con game at home over the years um you know that that it's tougher to do now. It's tougher to do. How do you, before we go to break here, how do you see the non-conference schedule eventually kind of shaking out? Like long-term? Yeah, long-term. What what happens? I think you're, I think it's going more towards the model of kind of what we've seen where ECU's got to schedule, especially if they're going to stay in the American, which, you know, through I think 27, if not longer, the American TV contract is really good. So they're going to be an American for the foreseeable future. So um, I think it's even long. I think it's actually through 2030 or something like that. But either way, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you. I think so. I think you're going to have to schedule regionally, non-conference wise, for the most part, because it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to play in this league where you're going to Texas, going to New Orleans, going to Florida all the time, and then go to Boise State. I know that game's coming up, but that's kind of an outlier. I don't have a problem with them scheduling ODU. I don't have a problem with them scheduling Marshall or even Liberty. Um, You just have to try and find that balance. You do want that marquee game if possible. You know, Wake Forest is coming up in a couple years. West Virginia's on the slate. BYU's on the slate. You want to try and keep those games. It's just it's getting harder and harder to because those teams don't want to go on the road because they know they're going to lose. You look at the last two times, even though ECU has lost to South Carolina and NC State in those last two marquee non-conference games, they should have won both games. Right. And down to the wire. On the road, yeah, it's it's not, you know, it's, it's not going to be the same game more times than not. So find a way is John Gilbert's biggest challenge right now. And sometimes you got to find a way to whether it be using political pressure or just finding the right time. Uh, that's the biggest challenge. But I think you're going to see a lot of ODU, Marshall, App. Honestly, I, I'm, I love the ECU App series. I think it has a chance to turn into a robbery. I don't, I'm not a big fan of ECU Charlotte. Maybe that'll grow on me over time, but I love App's fan base. Right. I, I think it meshes well with ECU's. So, like, to me, when ECU plays Charlotte, I don't, I don't, I don't know any Charlotte fans, uh, personally, maybe one. But outside of that, I know a ton of App fans. So we'll, we'll see. That's it. That's it. Just one. That's all I go know. Sorry, just Biff. one Biff. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. All right. Um, the great Stephen Igo is here. We're going to do Hold My Beer in our next segment. Igo, uh, that's kind of what grinds your gears. You'll be a first-time contestant on Hold My Beer. Clark will have one. You never yeah. know what he's going to say. Dom will have one. It'll be, But for Dom, 
because he's not of age, it's hold my uh, hold my soda for Dom. So it'll do a hold my soda for Dom. And uh, I've got an excellent. I've been I've had my hold my beer in the chamber since July fourth week. It's a long well, time you, to hold on to this. Yeah. So you got to deliver. I'm feeling the pressure of like I you know <laughs> I want to make it somewhat ECU related. So I, I feel like I've got a pretty good one. But you know we'll see. Okay, uh, but it could be anything. That's the do. other. Yeah. That's the other rules with hold my. It could be anything. Doesn't have to be sports. Right. It can be. Doesn't have to be ECU. It can be. It can be whatever you want it to be. So well, I'll do some thinking. I goes ready. Break, see if we make an audible. There you go. You'll yep. have some time. Not only do you have a do you have time during the the break, you have time during Dom's sports update. Our pirate report with Dom Kasolki right now, and we'll come back with hold my beer. I'm Dom Kosolke with your 94th Three the Game Sports Update and Pirate Report. ECU football head coach Mike Houston took the podium yesterday for the AAC Media Day. He had this to say about the defense for this upcoming season. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, Julius Wood, uh, I don't know how he didn't make all-conference last year. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, he's had a great offseason. Uh, just really excited about uh, he and Tegan returning there at the safety position. Um, and in our, our defensive front, you know, we return you know, virtually everybody up front. And uh, it's a solid bunch. They've all been playing for three years. Uh, I talk about them as a group because you know, that's kind of how we view them. And, uh, and they're, they're all just solid core players. We also got to hear from some ECU players. Here's our starting tight end, Shane Calhoun, on replacing longtime ECU quarterback, Holt Naylor's. Two of the guys that we have, Alex Flynn and Mason Garcia, they're both great quarterbacks, and it's going to be a, you know, a challenge going to camp to see who's going to be the guy. But, you know, we're excited about both of them, and, you know, whoever it is, you know, start preseason camp to start, you know, September 2nd, we're ready for them. Shane, other than you, who are some guys that can get the ball uh, from those QBs that we can expect to see this year? Um, Jalen Johnson, you know, Coach, you should just mention him. He's a guy that, you know, is very dynamic in the past game. You know, I think um, Rock Spalding, Jari Patterson, two other guys that are going to be very crucial to our season this year. The American Conference welcomes six new institutions to the circuit in July. Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. Charlotte was picked dead last in the preseason poll, according to the media, something new 49er head coach Biff Poggy didn't take too kindly to. That's it, three questions. Maybe that's because you have us ranked last, that's all what you think of us. So, that, that we get that message, thank you. Panthers training camp is underway. Carolina's veterans reported to camp yesterday at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. The Athletic is reporting that guard Chandler Zavala is expected to miss a couple weeks with a hamstring injury. The rookie fourth-round pick was placed on the PUP list to open in camp. In other team news, Carolina worked out of a group of veterans that included cornerbacks Anthony Averett and Kyron Brown, defensive tackle Khalil Davis, and wide receiver Javon Wims on Tuesday. The Hurricanes are bringing back a fan favorite. Tony D'Angelo agreed to a one-year, $1.675 million deal to return to Raleigh. The defensive men netted 10 goals and notched 41 assists in 64 games when he played for Carolina during the 2021-22 season. He also had 10 points in 14 playoff games that season. The Canes traded D'Angelo to the Philadelphia Flyers last summer for a fourth-round pick and immediately signed a two-year, $10 million contract. Philly bought out the final year of his deal after the 27-year-old posted 11 goals and 31 assists just last season. 
For the fifth time in program history, East Carolina has been named an Intercollegiate Women's Lacrosse Coaches Association Honor Squad, the organization announced Wednesday. Additionally, five members of East Carolina's 2023 lacrosse team have been named to the IWLCA Academic Honor Roll for Division I. The Pirates are one of 287 teams across all divisions to earn this distinction and have now done so in all seasons in program history. The East Carolina baseball team has received the American Baseball Coaches Association Team Academic Excellence Award for the eighth straight year. And that'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to join, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Do you have something you need to get off your chest? Get off your chest. I am not here for rage. I'm here for revenge. Did your favorite team blow another game? They are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. Or is there just something that's driving you crazy? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to let it all out. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. With another edition of Hold My Beer. Hold My Beer. First time we've done this in a bit. Uh, Hold My Beer. I don't hear him. Patrick. Patrick Johnson. Uh, that is Clark. That is uh, Dom there as well. We've got uh, Steve and I go. We're going to do a little hold my beer. I'm going to go first. Steven's first time doing this. Maybe his last after today. Who knows? He might want no more <laughs> part of, of anything to do with this show. Um, so hold my beer. It's kind of a what grinds your gears segment. It could be anything. So uh, for the first time in, since August of last year, we went to the beach uh, in late June and for the July 4th week. It was there about 10 days, and it was nice to get away uh, and uh, have a little vacation. And uh, the beaches were packed. They were they were full of shibumis. They were full of uh, uh, people jamming uh, on their, uh, their, their portable speakers they take with them with their phones. You had coolers. You had games being played. You had the kids playing in the uh, sand and in the ocean. They have beautiful turquoise clear water now down at the Working Man's Beach Surf City. So it's just, what a time. And I've noticed something going on here because it seems like, did you ever go camping? Any of you ever go camping as a kid? I go, did you ever go camping as a kid? Not a lot. Not a lot. Okay. But you did go. I never went. I, I would be more of a glamper. Uh, but uh, I go, did, did go. Uh, it strikes me. Uh, Dom, I don't think you probably did. You're from the Triangle, so I doubt, or Wilmington one. Well, so I you doubt know, there, you would. There's such thing as beach camping for one, so you don't have to put okay. too much disrespect. Right. But I did some camping okay. in the woods as well. Uh, I did some Cub okay. Scouts until I was like 14 or 15, oh. so it was pretty fun. All right. Clark strikes me as a guy who went camping and may still. I, I bet Clark's woke up in the woods before. That would be my, Whoa, I had to guess. I would say Clark did that. <laughs> <laughs> so. I thought we weren't going to talk now about that you anymore. Now you take so much stuff to the beach, it's like you're going on a camping trip. That's right. And now we've reached the point uh, at the beach where, with the accessories, people are bringing accessories with them to the beach. So this is part of my hold my beer. Don't bring your dogs to the beach. I love dogs. I'm a dog serious, guy. Clark? Don't make the dog an accessory and bring it to the beach because it's hot on that sand. They don't like the ocean water. It would make them sick if they ingest it. I mean, I saw a guy out there with a ukulele and a muumuu, and he wasn't that big. 
a schmuck. He had a What's schmuck a on. It was playing the ukulele with his dog. Google it, Dom. It's, it's Man, just. I, I, have, I have too many buttons to press all these things you got me playing. It's, 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 it's just ridiculous. So don't accessorize the beach. Keep it simple. We're, I realize we're gone from the days of a towel and a sub sandwich, but let's keep it simple at least. All right, Stephen I goes with us today. What's your hold my beer? I go, hold my beer, you say, and then you go on. All right, hold my beer. Obviously, there's a mm-hmm. lot of talk about NIL and talk about transfer portal. I think we all know tampering goes on today in college athletics. And, and you guys may have covered the story where Mike Houston essentially has submitted a team to the NCAA for tampering. Yeah. And I, I've got on pretty good authority what happened here. Uh, not going to call out any any team names. <coughs> Florida. Um, but uh, <laughs> what, uh, so uh, it, it's so easy now to recruit kids Go behind the scenes, call their parent, call a teammate, call their high school coach, whatever. Well, a particular right. team just so happened to not even care, just drop right into the DMs of a significant East Carolina defensive player. And basically said, hey, man, we want you to come play for us uh, and transfer here into the portal. We'll pay you. Come down to SEC country. We'll make it happen. And it's so easy now to cheat without cheating. How dumb can you be to actually cheat and try to get caught? And the other part of this is to slide in somebody's DMs. Yeah, just slide into DMs, uh, and the NCAA doesn't care. The NCAA is legitimately just not even going to do anything about it, it seems, to this point. So uh, kudos to Mike Houston for uh, for submitting this team uh, to the NCAA. But also, to me, you got to be a little smarter. I'm, I'm okay with tampering if you're going to do it legally. <laughs> but how can right. you le- illegally tamper when it's so easy to do it legally, if that makes sense? Right. So, uh, that right. is my rant for today. How 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 dumb can you be if you're going to cheat that way? All right, uh, Dom, I'll hold my soda for you because you are not old enough to drink beer. So go ahead. That or hold my juice box. Either one works. But this is okay. just complete, either one. Go ahead. Completely random, but we we found this in mm-hmm. here. A place in Japan is selling a new ice cream fondue pizza with a crust bowl baked into the middle, filled with vanilla ice cream for dipping. And I, I think the question is: Is that the greatest innovation of the decade, or is that just completely gross? What is the food again? Run it by me. It's an ice cream fondue pizza. So it's a crust bowl baked in the middle with uh, right. filled with vanilla ice cream for dipping. And it, it is $17. Comes with two even sweet sweeter toppings you can dump on it with chocolate sauce and maple syrup. Ooh. I don't know about the maple syrup, but chocolate sauce with uh, vanilla ice cream. That, that dresses it up. Now, you're saying you take the crust and dip it in the fondue? Is that what you're doing? Is it a cinnamony crust or a sugary crust or just a crust? I no no cinnamony on it. It doesn't say much about that. It just okay. says dessert pizza, uh, or actually, it's not a dessert pizza. It's cheese, pepperoni, mushrooms with bread bowl in the oh, center. Oh well, then with that's dogs. that's terrible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that is that's not good. That's terrible. That is terrible. I go terrible, fair or foul with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for pizza and and ice cream, but like when you start mixing it all together with some fondue and all that, it's just. I think uh, I think I lean more towards terrible, um, more so than going going with it uh, altogether. That's the sign the apocalypse is upon us, I believe. All right, uh, Clark, what pizza? you got? Man, that sounds delicious. Yeah. 
That sounds delicious. Mm. I can afford to eat mm. something like that. I already have high cholesterol yes. anyway. So. <laughs> and you know what? You know, <laughs> what, Dom, right. you know what, Dom? I'm going to go with uh, uh, the same route you did because uh, this. when I found this article, I thought this was the grossest thing ever. And I guess you can just okay. turn anything into candy. So, right. uh, Frenchies. You guys know Frenchies mustard, right? Whoa, whoa. Hold my beer. You got to say hold my, my beer and then. Uh... Hold my dang beer. Sorry, that was somebody All else. Right. Uh, do mustard-flavored Skittles somehow sound good to any of you guys? If so, no. you, no, you can win. You can, Frenchies on Instagram posted what they look like, and the only way you can get a hold of, the, of a bag of Skittles that tastes like mustard is by signing up to win. I thought that was dumb. And uh, can yeah, you still put them on a hot dog? That's box? not much incentive. Yes. It's not much, it's not much incentive to sign up. I feel like they're winning. What does it? Se- yeah, yeah. We're we're just make, we're making too many flavors of things. Chips and candy, Ugh. too many flavors. Yes, sir. Too many flavors now. That's right. Uh, Steve and I go hoist the colors. Two four seven. The show comes back August fourteenth. Two quick questions. Uh, Cam Hayes, what's the uh, short version of his eligibility with basketball that you can tell us at least at this point? So uh, what we know at this point is he he's an undergrad and he is transferring or has transferred for the second time. So in that case, he has to get a waiver from the NCAA to be immediately eligible. If you're a grad transfer, basically you can transfer and, and be eligible. But with him being an undergrad, the NCAA has put or at least has said they're going to put pretty strict uh, restrictions on the two-time transfer as undergrad. Of course, you get the free transfer the first time as part of the portal. But, I, you know, they, they've submitted the waiver. They're about to. Right now, the NCAA is more focused on football. I think with Hayes, the vibe I get is they don't or they're not banking on him to be eligible is the way I would phrase it. Right. They're hopeful, but I don't think they're going to, like, you know, plan to have Hayes eligible just in case he's ineligible. But uh, the good news is he has a redshirt year available. So he has right. two years of eligibility remaining, even if he can't play this year. I, I think he is important enough that he would be worth a spot in the standings. I think that so it, it's a big deal if they do get him uh, really quick. The women announcing they're going to host South Carolina, uh, which will be a perennial, may even be in the top five by the time that game rolls around. That's a huge deal, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive, and a great job by Kim McNeil getting uh, Dawn Staley's club to to come to Greenville. For those that that aren't familiar with women's hoops, South Carolina has established itself as as one of the best programs in in the sport. Uh, They were undefeated last year until losing in the Elite Eight. They won the national championship the year before that. Now, they did lose their entire starting five, but, you know, they recruit – essentially a top five class every year under Coach Staley, and they've added a bunch of big transfers. So they will be preseason top ten, probably top five, at least by the time they play ECU. But, you know, it's a critical uh, critical game. ECU returning is top five, and, and hopefully they have a chance to really uh, keep it competitive and make it interesting inside Menji's. Awesome to have you on, Igo. I enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Have uh, a great rest of your day. I appreciate it, Patrick. You do a great job, man. Keep up the good work and looking forward to uh, to being back August 14th with Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Thanks, man. Yeah, it'll it'll be here noon uh, every Monday through Friday with the one and only Steve and I go. We will come back and wrap up the show right after this. All right. Thanks to Steve and I go for being on with us today. Great to have him on. And uh, also big thanks to Clark and Dom. We'll be back 
tomorrow in the morning. You'll see me on Talk of the Town and hear me there. And you'll see me and hear me back here at 5 o'clock on the Patrick Johnson Show tomorrow where Brett Friedlander from uh, Saturday Road and Brian Mole, uh, Blue Ribbon Basketball, will be uh, with us. Lots to talk about with those guys. Hey, stay cool out there and have a great rest of your evening.